Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Bridgewater signing with the Broncos, re-signing with the Broncos for the next hour. <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to have just a little bit fun with the free agency, right? There's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of bad in some of these positions. It's very lackluster, but there's some really deep pieces that I think could be moving as well. Fox and I are just going to look at the, the key positions, give us our thoughts and, and, and maybe some value within these positions and, and maybe take a look at some guys where we think they might land in the long run. And of course, we'll top it off with our movie corner. As always, I'm joined by my partner here, Mr. Fox. How are you today, buddy? Doing good. Starting to come out of the uh, the deep freeze. We have not seen uh, 32 degrees since 5 p.m. on Monday. Uh, we may get it this afternoon. If not this afternoon, then tomorrow. Um, I was just happy we saw double digits yesterday because uh, we hadn't seen those in a couple of days. Um, it's between that and, um, as you know, it was a little bit of a stressful week at work. Uh, it's It's been exciting, but I'm excited to look ahead at football. We are not very far away. Free agency kicks off on March 16th, which means the legal tampering period starts two weeks from Monday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think there's a lot of good moving pieces within some of these positions that we'll be able to really reflect on. I, I've seen a lot of people – like this is the type of time of year where I'm like really kind of questioning why so many people publish so many different rankings and talk about this is where I have this guy, this is where I have this guy. Like one moving piece – can really fluctuate in entire rankings, right? You know, you can have a top dog sign with a contender and it really affects their the target share. That It can really affect what you think that bottom line might be and it fluctuates them from being your number one guy to maybe your number five or number two to number 10. Or, you know, somebody can move from your bottom 20 to 30 range and move them all the way up to the top 15 because of a landing spot. There's so many different things. And then, of course, when it comes to weapons, like, what if Devontae Adams signs with the Raiders? Like that moves Derek Carr up the food chain. You know what I mean? It's it's very early in the process. And we're going to kind of talk about a lot of these different guys in the positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And, and speaking of that quarterback position, it's very lackluster when it comes to what's available on the open market. Now, obviously. Still better we, than the draft. It, well, yeah, probably really is at the end of the day. But when you look at it, the, the trading pieces that could potentially, we'll put in quotations here, could potentially be available, you know, with the likes of a potentially an Aaron Rodgers or potentially a Russell Wilson, uh, Deshaun Watson. Those those type of pieces are movable pieces that could really alter the course of fantasy football, period. Like they really can. Like a Russell Wilson going to a different team. It could really, I mean, it, depending on the team, depending on the landing spot, really fluctuates his ranking. And Aaron Rodgers really fluctuates not just his ranking, but those around him's rankings, right? The wide receivers. Let's say he does go to a Denver Broncos. Like that rank, that moves the the Cortland Sutlins, the Javante Williams, the they that moves those guys up and down, up and down certain places that they wouldn't have that same 
uh, relevancy if a Teddy Bridgewater comes back, right? You know, so there's a lot of pieces that can move. But if you look at the top five pieces that are available here that for via free agency, you do have Teddy Bridgewater. You have Jameis Winston coming off the injury. Marcus Mariota, Mitchell Trubisky, both guys looking to really get another chance at the starting gig. Like they're looking to kind of really capitalize after learning for a little while. You know, Mariota, you know, kind of got stuck in Tennessee and then kind of moved on and has been the backup there in um, Las Vegas the last, I think, two seasons, is it now? Yeah, two seasons. Two seasons. And then Mitchell Trubisky, you know, we know the history behind Mitchell Trubisky, um, spent a year learning behind Josh Allen. Uh, and that's the type of thing that I like to see out of these young guys. Like you come out and you kind of fold, right? I would like to see Mitchell Trubisky in maybe a different offense. You know what I mean? And, and Marcus Mariota in a different – when Mariota has been on the field for the Raiders, he's looked pretty good. And I would like to see him maybe get the keys somewhere and maybe get that one last chance. Maybe he isn't the guy. Maybe he isn't the guy that, you know, he potentially could be. But – um, looking at this top, and then of course we have Andy Dalton, but that's, I, I mean, if that's your fifth best option in the free agent pile, I, I really, this free agent pile is really, I don't know. I think you might be better off signing me. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just saying I'm available, but I'm just saying. Dalton probably based on what we've seen is should, should this year end up going back to a situation like where he was two years ago in Dallas, which is, I thought it made perfect sense coming in you know at the time in that Dallas where you, you have a decent money veteran backup we've seen so many quarterbacks get knocked out and so many of these teams don't have anything behind a stud quarterback and even if you have a really great team you know what are you going to do so I think it would behoove a contender um so what's the to team go back to Dallas like it would be the yeah. perfect fit like I think it would be a perfect fit he still has a home there as far as I yeah, so like I think it's a perfect fit for him. The, so Bridgewater, not my favorite quarterback. You can cannot deny he had something of a career year. He was a decent starter. I feel like he's entering that phase of his career where he might be a bridge or a veteran to a team that's got a very good core where they just need somebody who's not going to kill them. You know, uh, there's been a lot of rumors he may end up going back to New Orleans, and he did pretty well there, but he did pretty well there with Sean Payton. I don't know if that's the most natural fit. I think he's going to be in demand because of what we've seen. I don't think he ends up going back to Denver. None of the comments out of their coaches, they've actually, ironically, both their head coach and offensive coordinator have talked about how much they like Drew Locke, and I don't know what to make of that, other than maybe they're going to just try to roll with that and draft somebody. I honestly have thought for a long time that Denver's going to end up taking a quarterback in the first or the second round this year and see what they can put together, maybe grab another lower end veteran i don't think they want to spend you know i understand bridgewater wants to get money and based on the market and what where he stands in the market he probably can command that the couple that are the most interesting to me on this list james winston wasn't terrible but we didn't see much of a sample size i don't know where he ends up that's another murky one that maybe he does end up right back in new orleans just because he's already there but uh mariota 
you know, there's been a lot of interest and speculation in Mariota. I think he has kind of nobody's stock rose more by sitting on a bench than Mariota and Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky, because last year I was not convinced he was the problem in Chicago, and we saw a season where we now know he was not the problem, the only problem in Chicago. I'm not saying he's wonderful, but I don't think he got the credit. He looked at a hell, you know, we made jokes about Allen Robinson was going to have the best quarterbacks he'd ever had in his career with Justin Fields and Andy Dalton. I'm not entirely sure that was correct based on what we saw of the production of that offense. I wanted Denver to sign Mitch Trubisky last year because I thought that would be a good lower barrier veteran option to compete with Drew Locke. I still wouldn't be disappointed. I know there are probably Broncos fans out there that are losing their mind. I is Mitch Trubisky a great long-term answer? I don't know, but he probably doesn't command the salary of some of these guys and could be somebody that needed a clean, fresh shot with some – the offense in Chicago wasn't functional. You know, they got Nagy, the quarterback he wanted in Justin Fields, and he made him look terrible. He couldn't make it work with Foles. He couldn't make it work, you know, any quarterback he pulled in. So I'm not willing to say it was all Mitch Trubisky. So I think those two are the most interesting to me out of that group, uh, yeah. getting a second chance. I agree with you 100% there. For me, Mitchell Trubisky, I, I think that he is a very solid option. Uh, he's the type of guy I think you put like a two-year deal on, and that second year is a team option maybe, even a player option. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You sign him, you give him, you know, one year, $10 million here, and then you give him $5 million incentives. If you do this X, Y, and Z, you can earn up to this much money. I, I really feel like – and Mariota, my favorite spot for Mariota is Pittsburgh, 100%. I love that spot so much, and I, I think you do the same thing with him. You you call him up, hey, we'll give you a chance to compete with the job of Mason Rudolph, you know, and then he wins the job by just walking in the front door. But, like – I feel like Marcus Mariota to me is is you give him that one. I feel like you give him and Mitchell Trubisky. I think get the same contract. It's a prove me contract that you incentivize with so many different incentives. Hey, if you meet this, if you start this many games, you get this amount, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's a prove me deal. But then of course you always also have that second year of that contract in case he does prove it to be as as good as he can be. But Mariota in Pittsburgh makes way too much sense, and I, I don't see as many people talking about this landing spot as much as some of the other ones that I've seen. I've seen even Green Bay mentioned if um, if Aaron Rodgers leaves. I, I, I don't hate the idea of him in Denver. I like that land. I, I think that he's a very good mobile quarterback that if he has learned – like. Carr is an underrated quarterback. Like I feel like he gets a lot more shit than he deserves, and he might not be as consistent as a top tier, but he is definitely in the middle of the pack of that that ten to or I mean ten to fifteen range. He's not a bad guy. He's not a bad starter, um, and everybody's always. I just don't understand the hate re- regarding him. Like, he does good with what's around him. Um, but- you know, and what would make sense to me about Mariota to Pittsburgh is there's been a lot of. Uh, mock drafts for NFL drafts that have linked them to possibly taking a Malik Willis. And I think a Malik Willis has maybe some raw tools, but would, you know, much like a Trey Lance would be better served being behind somebody. Yep. Mason Rudolph's game and Malik Willis's game don't seem as close as maybe a Marcus Mariota who is a runner and is a mobile guy and a Malik Willis, but Mariota has traditionally been a very accurate passer was very accurate in college. And that's something that has been a little bit of a knock on Willis. That might be somebody that would be a better veteran mentor. 
I agree with that. Moving on to the running back position, it looks about as good as these quarterbacks. Do. We have, we have, we have the, we have the all two thousand and what maybe eighteen team right here. We got Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, uh, Chase Edmonds, Cordell Patterson, and then of course Ronald Jones. Now with Melvin Gordon, um, he's definitely going to be a guy. I feel like he's going to latch on to a a, a contender. Uh, I really do. It wouldn't surprise me to see him sign. He's not, he doesn't have very many legs on his, uh, you know, wheels left, but I mean, the guy does have 20 touchdowns in the last two seasons. You know what I mean? He, it's not that he's not uh, producing. Um, just don't sign him anywhere where they have a rookie running back that people like, because then the world will come to an end. But uh, Fournette also, you know, don't count on him to hold on to the ball in any crucial situation. because He's going to put it on the ground. And then, of course, you have the Connor Edmonds comment. Connor had a resurgence um, mm-hmm. just basically with touchdowns alone. Um, he wasn't the most efficient back. Him and Edmonds are like, I don't really know. I hate the I, – I don't even really know. Cordell Patterson, I, I don't know what to make of him. He had the incredible year. Can he recapture that magic again? I'm not going to – I'm not, but I'm not willing to overpay for that. Like, I'm not willing to overpay for – Patterson for the year that he had. I, I don't. I don't feel like I am. Like, I, and the thing about it is, it's the running back position, guys. It's it's. If we have taken notice over the last couple of years, even if you look at the numbers from the from the Super Bowl, I think the like the last I think it was like eight years total, the leading rusher for the Super Bowl winning team did not make as much money as Zeke Elliott, Zeke Elliott did last year. Like it was incredible, crazy. Like nobody ever made more than five million. I think it's over the last eight years at the running back position. Everybody was below five million. There was like even four or five seasons below it's like 2.5 million or something like that. Like, so the, 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 I personally, and of course we're coming to the, the age of there's a lot more dual running backs. There's multiple back systems, stuff like that. So like the, 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 the trend of, of the workhorse back is not as high as it was. Right. So I don't really love any of these options. I, I, I wouldn't throw any money at any of these guys. If I, maybe Chase Edmonds on a low deal for a, as a as a as a nice number of running back too. I don't hate that. I like Edmonds a lot. I think that he got hurt and kind of you know fluctuated out. Ronald Jones is probably the best option of these guys, but like Melvin Gordon, he likes to put the ball on the ground too. Sometimes I don't really know. What do you think about this running back situation? Yeah, so I think running back is going to be one of those positions where you don't see a lot of. Uh, veterans, even the big names, come off the board until after the NFL draft. Because I think teams are are looking at I wouldn't be surprised if one or two of them. I think Arizona will keep one of their running backs. I'm actually leaning toward them keeping Connor because it seemed like he was a better fit for kind of the goal line situations where they don't want Kyler Murray to be killed because Murray's not a huge quarterback. I you know Edmonds was a fine pass catcher, but I don't think he really ever developed into like the kind of runner that they were looking for. And I just feel like Connor maybe fit that, you know, we need a bigger body when we get in close so that we can preserve our quarterback kind of deal. Um, Tampa Bay is going to be interesting. You know, Fournette was really good for them. Uh, Do, you know, do they want to go get a younger back? That's where I think, we may end up having to wait to see how the draft falls. To me, there's they talk about how deep the class is, and maybe that's because there's a lot of guys in it. Um, as I've looked at it, you know, I'm I feel like there's two or three that are interesting, and then below that is a lot of gambles. So it might depend on where teams, 
you know, where Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, and Kenneth Walker can fall um, as to, to where teams start patching over with vets. Because we saw that last year. We thought Arizona was going to take a running back in the draft. They didn't end up getting one in a spot they liked, and pretty soon they took James Conner. We thought that, you know, what's Tampa Bay going to do? They decided to just bring everybody and run it back. Atlanta couldn't find any options. They took a shot on Cordero Patterson. Do they end up getting an Isaiah Spiller? In which case, it's like we don't, you know, if Cordero wants to come back on a low money deal, he fit kind of the chess pieces. But, I, you know, I think it's possible Atlanta goes running back and wide receiver in this draft to try to rebuild their offense, in which case you have younger players that maybe more fit the Arthur Smith scheme that he's trying to run. I feel like he made the most of the pieces he had last year, but it doesn't necessarily mean those are the pieces he wants long-term. Melvin Gordon's interesting. The last time Melvin Gordon was a free agent, he signed really late too, because he it's not that he doesn't have talent and can't fill a hole. It's, you know, I think people look at the landscape and try to decide what's out there. Fournette might be one of the few that signs pre-draft just because I think his his name value and everything carries. Um, but it's it's interesting. There's some interesting pieces there, but I would not be surprised if running back is more of a May-June kind of free agent frenzy. Yeah, it's it's ugly. It's, it's murky. And the draft class is not top-heavy. It's very uh, middle. I think I think both quarterback and running back in this draft class are kind of underwhelming. Next year's class is a lot stronger for both. Um, Isaiah Spiller is probably my favorite running back in this class. He's phenomenal, dual threat. He's not, and he was never used right down in A and um, Shout out to my boy Stoops down there. But um, when it comes to free agency for the wide receiver position, a lot of this can change, especially with this wide receiver position, because the top two names off the top. Uh, Devonte Adams, Chris Godwin are more, in my opinion, more than likely to be franchise tagged. Um, Green Bay is going to have a hard time getting it under the cap if they franchise tag Adams, but you can't let an Adams walk. You can't. You, you just can't. Like it's just, it's not. Whether it's the franchise tag or even the transition tag, however you look like, however that looks like, you need to figure that out. But if an Adams hits the, if Adams, I, I think Godwin's getting franchise tagged 100. Yeah. I think that's a shoe in. Adams, I'm like 99% positive, but if an Adams hits the free market, it might be one of the most, like the, the best free agent to hit the market in a long time. Like he is incredible and he's, he's a game changer. You know what I mean? Like period. Like I, I, I don't like, I don't like, I don't know. Like he fits, he anywhere right you know what i mean like yeah. that to me is like what you have to like you want to do you know what i'm saying like he's the type of guy that changes an entire roster with showing up like if he goes to a las vegas that team is incredibly deep at the wide receiver like my thing is this i love the idea of him going to las vegas for several different reasons obviously it's a reuniting of car right him and car that's a reuniting there but if you look at a guy like Hunter Renfro, who is one of the more underrated wide receivers in this game and one of the best route runners in this game, if you put him on Adam side by side on the or you know on this field together, Renfro's Renfro's stock goes through the moon because Adams commands the attention that not a lot of other people do. Now the big thing is I I, I like others. I think Adams is good, right? Obviously Rogers makes him great. 
I think he's he's just he's not maybe not just as good outside of Rodgers because Rodgers is going to feed him the ball over and over and over and over and over again, and maybe Carr would or any other quarterback would, but it would be interesting to see him out of that offense, right, out of the the realm of Rodgers because sometimes it doesn't translate as well, right? He's maybe he's not the number one wide receiver that we're typically used to seeing, but I still think that no matter where he goes, it's 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 deep. Of course, we have Allen Robinson who at one point in time was a top 10 receiver in this game and it just kind of fell off. And that's a lot to do with the bears. I feel like he had like, you know, the injuries haven't really been key there, but I don't feel like the effort has necessarily been there a whole lot either because it's, he, he wasn't always seeing the ball maybe the way he wanted to or anticipate it. You have Juju Smith, Schuster, Mike Williams, and then of course, Odell Beckham jr. But Beckham jr. Is really a kind of guy that's going to sign a one year kind of contract because we might not see him until potentially December, January, if that this year because of the tear ACL. I mean, these guys come back a lot faster and crazier than ever, but he's he's working on the same ACL that he did two years ago. But I like Mike Williams too. Big Mike Williams guy. He's a home run guy. Um, he's another one. The potential is there to yep. get franchise tag because the Chargers don't have overwhelming depth. You know, and they have Keenan Allen locked up. You need more than one receiver. They don't have overwhelming depth at tight end either. So the question is whether they think they can make all the moves they need in free agency and the draft or whether they want to try to hold Mike Williams, who seems to fit what they're doing. Exactly. I agree with you. It'd be interesting because he's going to command a, a pricey amount. I mean, this, this, mm-hmm. this wide receiver class is pretty heavy. I mean, you're talking mm-hmm. – like if you look at Adams, Godwin, Robinson, Mike Williams, that's a pretty heavy co- like four, and then throw Juju in. Who I think Juju's, I think Juju's good. Like, he made a mistake to me last year. I he tried to be loyal and take the one year. I'm going to go back for Ben's last run, and then ends up getting hurt. Uh, and that offense never looked incredibly functional. He had better. You know, he probably would have been better served taking that deal from Kansas City, to be honest, as much as it breaks my heart because I like Juju and I'm not a Kansas City homer. That would have been – or even Baltimore. You know, I could have seen him doing – and so you have to kind of wonder, will the same – it's a better wide receiver class probably than anything else in this draft. Yeah. Um, So you're going to see some of that. Robinson – I feel like people are willing to look past his uh, 2021 season because the entire, if the bears offense had looked good and he looked horrible, then you're like, Oh, I wonder what's going on with him. Their offense looked dysfunctional all over the field. They didn't look like they could ball to anyone. They didn't look like they knew what they were doing. They couldn't put together two cents to buy a clue. Um, Yeah. And and it's, it, I don't, I like him, you know what I mean? But, like, I could see – like, Juju, like, doesn't feel like a multi-year deal again, right? Like, I don't feel like you can give Juju uh, three, two, three, four years on a contract right now. But, like, even if you look past that tier, right, you know what I mean? We talked about the, the main five there, including OBJ. Like, you still have some good ancillary pieces. Will Fowler's still good, but can he keep his head on straight? Now, T.Y. Hilton's on the, on the end of his career. A.J. Green. You do have Emmanuel Sanders, who did look good at times last year. Um, let's see. I'm trying to, I'm trying to find some good names here, but I'm honestly, I'm completely out on Fuller because 
he had a great first part of the 2020 season when it turns out he was on performance enhancing drugs and he fell way off and then was never able to get on the field in Miami. That that's huge pause. And that was on a one year prove it deal. AJ green probably would, I mean, he's probably ready to retire. He's battling Christian injuries. Kirk's Christian Kirk. Cause that's going to be a really interesting. So Arizona last year, you would have said they're pretty loaded with weapons it felt like DeAndre Hopkins fell off a little bit. We never really got what we thought we might have in Rondale Moore. And so they they don't have any, you know, Zach Ertz that they traded for, Green, who they signed, Christian Kirk, all free agents. So are both their running backs. They're, you can't replace all that in a draft. And they also, in my opinion, if they want to contend, are going to have to make some upgrades on offensive line and defense at some point because those seem to be incredible liabilities. I, I'm i curious to see uh, what happens there. I, I get what you're saying, too, about Godwin potentially getting tagged by Tampa Bay, but I think Tampa Bay right now is in a space where they have to figure out what direction they're going to try to go. Yeah. If they're going to go get a veteran court. You know, if they get Jimmy G – they probably are franchise tagging Godwin. They're probably trying to bring back Fournette. They're going to try to make a run because their division is wide open. Yeah. If they can't get a quarterback, does it make sense for them to blow all their cap space, keeping veterans that, you know, what good is it to have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin if Kyle Trask is your court? No, Kyle Trask may develop into something nice, but you're probably not a contender. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And I think Green Bay's in that same situation too. You know what I mean? Like Green Bay's in that same situation. I, I, as every day passes, I'm getting more and more and feeling more and more like Rodgers is going to come back to Green Bay. I really do. Yeah. I just feel like he's not leaving. I, I don't think he's leaving. And to be honest with you, I kind of wish he would. I wish he, I just wish he would. But I thought he might retire. I since the season ended, I never thought he was going to end up on another team. I thought there was a possibility he may retire because he seemed like he was kind of over some of the NFL things. Um, you know, he's yeah. kind of he's been kind of frustrated. But I, I think Green Bay seems to be actively trying to move Jordan Love, and if that happens, I think that's the last. It's almost like a couple of years ago. It reminded me a couple of years ago with. Brady, where the Patriots were trying to keep him, and they finally just dealt Jimmy G, and yeah. all of a sudden Brady's you know resigned, happy, never wanted to go anywhere else. I feel it's like that's because I mean I wouldn't give um, I wouldn't give this pair of socks for Jimmy or for Jordan Love because I think he's terrible. But um, moving on to the tight ends, another thing which was strange yesterday, I saw that the Carolina Panthers continue to make bonehead mistakes. They gave $8 million signing bonuses to Ian Thomas last night, which I did not understand um, because the actually the tight end class is not bad. Gisecki, they never seem like they actually use Ian Thomas for anything. No, it's crazy to me. Like you have Gasecki, Schultz, Ertz, Ingram, Najoku, uh, Gronk is Gronk. I think Gronk retires still. Um, yeah. Nijoko and Ingram could really use for a change of scenery to maybe see if they have potential. I see those guys going and getting one-year prove-it deals. Wouldn't surprise me there. Ertz, does he have anything left in the tank? If he does, I think that he goes to a contender. He's definitely on. Um, going to sign somewhere. Even maybe go back to the Cardinals if they can get their lives together. 
Dalton Schultz is probably my favorite of this crew. I, I'm a big Dalton Schultz lover. Yeah, me too. I think he's incredibly talented, and I think that he can make moves. And Gusecki's not bad himself, right? You know what I mean? Like, I would love to see Gusecki and in with a good quarterback. Like, I would like this is my thing. If, and there is talk that they that the Dolphins may franchise tag Gusecki, which I don't. I understand from a he's good, and you don't have a plethora of receivers. But I don't understand from the – it seems like Miami has been playing out the string with Mike Gusecki for two years and had no intention of him being on the team. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know what to make of it. It's crazy because he's got talent. I think he does, and I would love to see him in a better offense. You know what I mean? I really With a better quarterback. Like This is the type of guy that I would love to see ramp up down the football field with somebody that can sling the rock a little bit. No offense to two of Maybe Justin Herbert. Oh man, I'm all over that. I'm all over. Uh, they yeah. franchise Williams and they sign Gasecki. Their offense is good to go. Yeah, Gasecki or even Schultz, either one of those guys. Yeah. I, look at I honestly, then if I'm the Chargers, I may maybe I look at signing a Chase Edmonds to put behind uh, Austin Eckler because their big problem is if Eckler gets hurt, they have dog shit behind him right now. Yeah, they're, they're they struggle. They don't have consistency. They have like three guys that are capable of doing things. None of them can do. One of them great, and that's the problem. I think they run into when I'm not even willing to say they're capable of doing things. <laughs> well, I didn't say they were capable of being running backs. I was just capable of being warm bodies from the football field. Um, I would actually, I would love to see the Chargers if 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 the be aggressive for somebody like Adams um, if the opportunity arose because they have cap money. Um, Adams and Allen on the football field with Justin Herbert would be, I know this is just me talking in heaven right now and it's not going to happen, but uh, I would love to see them make, I'd even like to see them make a play for Allen Robinson. If they, if, if, if Williams gets. Actually, that would make a lot of sense. Robinson across from Keenan Allen would probably be a very good pairing for them. Yeah. Because especially if you, if Williams is going to get the big contract from somebody, somebody's willing to throw him. I don't know. Even if I am, the Chargers, if I'm willing to invest, like Mike Williams is going to get probably $15 million a year or, or, or something around those lines. I see that his market value is right around that money. That's a lot of money for a guy that I just don't know if I, I don't know if I can invest that much in him. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like it's not nothing against him. If I could maybe invest that 15 million and get Robinson and Gasecki, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that'd be me, you know what I mean? Even if that's twenty million, right? Even if Gasecki, mm-hmm. if you, if I can get Gasecki and Robinson for twenty million, or I get Mike Williams and Nujoku for 20, 20, 25, I really think that I prefer the Robinson Gasecki combo over Mike. I just feel like nothing other, against Mike Williams. It's just yeah. I don't yeah. know. The other sneaky player to me is. You know, if a Godwin or, or Robinson or Williams doesn't get franchised, I feel like, and I could be wrong, the Patriots could just go sign Mike Gusecki and have three high-priced tight ends that they don't know how to use. But I feel like after Mac Jones did a lot better than some of us maybe thought he would right out of the gate, especially given the weapons that he was provided. The two tight end joy days they tried to recreate didn't really work. They may draft a receiver, but I could see them going and getting a good veteran number one, which would make that team just that much more dangerous. I agree. Another thing to, to look at there, um, 
is I think another team that could be in play for a tight end if Rodgers goes back is Green Bay. Tunyon is a free agent, and and somebody's going to throw some more throw money on him that they don't have. They don't have the money to sign him to a long term contract. Now they could probably because the salary cap that at times is a myth, but but at the same time, I really feel like. I would like to see Dalton Schultz up there in Green Bay, honestly. Like they need if they're gonna I feel like Dallas back, signs him back and lets it, Gallup go. It Gallup's another one that I, I cannot wait. He's another one. He's I would love to see him out in uh in with the Chargers as well. I, I like him. I think Gallup is a really good number two. And I really feel like he got sidestepped a lot because then you brought you brought Lamb in, you had Cooper. He was kind of that, but every time somebody was out, he would step up and really come in and play. So it'll be interesting to see where Gallup ends up as well. So interesting pieces of the puzzle. We're just giving you a little soft look at ahead at the free agency and, and over the next couple of weeks, once it begins, we'll be able to give a more clearer look, especially when it comes to franchise tags and stuff like that, that, that really limits. Cause I mean, you franchise tag. The thing about it is if you franchise tag Adams and Godwin, Mike Williams probably becomes the best receiver on the open market, which then the premium for Mike Williams goes through the roof right you know what i mean like that's the type of thing that the kelly kenny galladay effect no exactly yeah exactly and then you just get overpaid which again i like mike i do like mike williams but i'm just cautiously optimistic about him but with that being said folks we appreciate y'all listening and tuning into that portion of the show we're going to transition over to our favorite segment of the show which is all of them but this one in particular we'd like to talk about the movies in the movie corner giving you some recommendations to watch this weekend um a few things to 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 bring to light we have the return of Medea dropping on netflix i haven't caught that one yet um i'm looking forward to it. i do like Medea. i think it's good no slapping just re- crazy fun um if you're lucky um, to be one of the very few people that get to see Cyrano in theaters this weekend, highly recommend it. Matthew Fox is never going to see that movie ever, I don't think. Why do you hate um, me? Of course, we have No Exit on Hulu, which is going to drop on the Banana Meter this weekend, which apparently people liked. I hated it. I watched it last weekend. I put my review up on Hidden Remote, and I absolutely despised the movie. Thought it was terrible. And then, of course, on VOD, you have Desperate Writers. Um, it's a movie that stars Drew Waters as Kansas Red. I interviewed him for uh, the Music City Drive-In. He was Wade Aikman in our one of our favorite shows here, Friday Night Lights. Um, got to talk to him a little bit about that, and I love being able to chat about that because it's it's one of my all-time favorite shows. But, uh, yeah, it's a lackluster uh, weekend for films because next weekend is loaded. You have... You have After Gang on Showtime. You have on Hulu. You have Lucy and Desi on Prime Video. And then you have a little-known movie called The Batman coming out next week, So, which I have seen. And that's about all I can say about me seeing the movie right now. So, In fact, you may not have been supposed to say that you've even seen it. I know. I got yelled at on Twitter. I was like, are you allowed to say that? I'm like, I just said I saw The Batman. Calm down. I mean, you could have meant that you just saw a guy wearing a – a cape that swung through downtown Tennessee, you know, exactly. To... I mean, I saw Robert Pattinson coming out of hot topic. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> like I saw him like, see, I saw the Batman. There he is the Batman. So I don't know. You know, what is it with this year has been like feast or famine with movie weeks. I, uh, Valentine's day weekend. It was like everybody and their brother released a movie. There was seven, yes. seven releases. And then this weekend it's like, Hey, do you want a subpar horror movie that Hulu happened to have? Uh, do you want to see the 97th edition of Medea? 
Like it's it's weird to me. Yeah, also, with your thoughts in the corner. You have the uh, show on Hulu drop dropping, coincidentally enough, called Dropout um, that came out drops today about uh, Elizabeth Holmes. No, nah, uh, it drops the third of March. Oh, just the third. That's next week. Never mind. My dates are that's missed, so. so that's that's the other thing. So March third, there are six new shows dropping on streaming. Nice on that day, and then there are like. 10 95 that open on Friday. I'm like, I, I don't know what happened. Everybody, you know, for Lent, they were preparing to give up film. And then they were like, no, we can't do it. We're going to have Ash Wednesday. And then we're just going to dump everything on you while you're sitting there enjoying your fish sandwich. March. And, and the thing about it is, is March is actually pretty loaded for films, even though mm-hmm. I criticize a couple of the movies that are coming out. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to Lost City also. But it's the I saw the there. trailer for that finally, and I really am looking forward to it now. But like, so we have obviously March 4th. Fresh, can't recommend enough. Cannot recommend enough. I look forward to Matthew Fox hating it. It is it a horror movie. You huh? never really answered the question of whether it's a horror movie. I gathered from the description it was. And I love Daisy Edgar Jones and Sebastian Stan, so don't put that premature hate on me. <laughs> it's not a horror movie in the sense of scary, but it's like it's like a different kind of scary. It's like a thriller-ish more so. Lucy and Desi can't recommend that enough. Of course, March 11th, Turning Red drops, which everybody is mad about because Pixar dropped it on on just on the thing. Master- fair, Pixar didn't decide to do that. Disney well, Disney like- did. Whatever. Somebody did. And then Master is dropping on Prime Video on March 18th, which came out at Sundance. I really like that. Everything, everything, all at once looks incredible. Comes out March 25th. The Lost City, I finally saw the trailer for that. Um, you have the Adam Project, which is coming out, which looks stupid. Um, sorry, guys. I'm not a Ryan Reynolds guy. He plays Deadpool in every movie. And then, of course, you have the world-famous Deep Water movie dropping on Hulu on March 18th. The Anna de Armas and Ben Affleck movie. The one that ended the relationship? Exactly. The, uh... So. What was that uh, Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman movie? That Yeah, I remember that one too. Um, shit. It was supposed to be a big like psychological romance movie. I, I've even seen it and I blocked it out. This is making for some good radio. Yeah, exactly. It's it's making for a great time right now. It's it's a great time, folks. Um, yeah, watch No Exit or don't watch No Exit. Honestly, I'd rather you probably didn't watch No Exit. Um, oh, uh, Suspicion. I know Matthew Fox had given up. I on- no, I've been oh. watching it. I thought, no, um, you like don't it? you put that evil on me. <laughs> I'm watching all the Apple TV Plus shows. I watched the – I actually last night saw they dropped the after party early. Uh, it's not Apple, but Marvelous Miss Maisel came back, and it was just is. a delight. Uh, I don't even know that you, you don't track mm-hmm. Amazon Prime with the same fervor of a woman uh, who lives in your household that rents or that buys things off Amazon. I'm like, I might as well get something out of Prime. Marvelous Miss Maisel is made by the lady that made the Gilmore Girls. It's basically a fictional version of Joan Rivers' Rise in the 50s. It's a female comic. Um, no, just kidding. It's it's very good. Rachel Brosnahan is the lead. In How that. many seasons is there of that? This is the fourth season. Oh my god, there's so many episodes. Well, you know, you make time for for the things that you love. Eyes Wide Shut is the movie that I couldn't think of before as I've just looked it up. Deep Water could be the Eyes Wide Shut of, of this era. Watch Suspicion. Also watch The After Party, which is also incredible. Apple TV. I actually like Severance, too. Uh, uh, the first watched- two of Severance, I I'll be honest. I don't know what the hell's happening, but 
I kind of dug it. Still my favorite streaming service for TV. I don't care what anybody mm-hmm. says. Um, Panchinko's coming out soon, which I actually am getting ready to watch this week to prepare for a press day. I'm excited about that one. Um, what else is coming? Apple TV's got bangers. Oh, we, we crashed coming out eventually March, one of these days. March 18th. Yeah, my actually this uh, Sunday night, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the uh, the Uber show. Uh, that's about the battle for Uber. Where is that dropping on? Showtime. Showtime. It is. Yeah, I still. And they got billions going on right now, which it's not the same without Damian Lewis, but I low key still enjoy it. I like billions. I watched the first. Th- how many seasons are there? Five. I think there is five. Yeah, I think this is the fifth. Yeah. Yeah, I watched the first three. I really. Showtime has a bad thing of like letting shows go on too long. Like Ray Donovan went on way too long. I like, still apparently. making movies of Ray Donovan. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I stopped watching it after, like, season. Three. I'm like, guys, I've already seen – like, Ray Donovan can do no more. Like, it kind of got, like, Scandal. Scandal and Ray Donovan are the same show. Like, theoretically, they really almost are the same exact show. But Scandal was, like, a season too long, and I love Scandal. Like, Showtime just also doesn't have – I don't – they're not good at marketing. Like, no. HBO, even if you don't like – a particular HBO show that's on, you cannot escape the weekly mentions about the episodes and things. Um, I know because I experienced it in December and I'm experiencing it again. I'm experiencing it right now because Euphoria is like yeah, uh, on my timeline. Everything, every minute. I saw what happened on uh, Peace. I haven't finished Peacemaker, nor do I feel like I need. Oh, I'm ahead of you then. I, I haven't finished Peacemaker because I didn't really need to watch the last episode after it was spoiled for me at 5.30 in the morning the day the show came out of like what everything that happened on the finale. Oh, speaking of which, great shows. Watch Righteous Gemstones. So we're kind of rambling here, but I love Righteous Gemstones. It's one of my favorites. Don't we always kind of ramble? So. This is the you know train of thought that people tune in for. Exactly. They really do. But with that being said, we're going to get out of here. I'm going to go film a podcast right now after this because I'm going to record a review with my good friend Jacob. We're going to review a little-known movie called The Batman, uh, which you can see drop on Monday via the Music City Drive-In. We'll drop a video of it, and we will drop the audio version. And then I will also drop my written review, which I wrote 700 700- 26 words on it was a long lengthy review that i uh challenge accepted a lot of reviews uh, a lot of words about a movie that i may or may not have liked i cannot tell you anymore if you got to this point you probably have listening to this and you're like what the batman is there a new one coming out i had no clue but uh make sure to follow matthew fox on twitter at nighthawk7734 myself ricky blair underscore make sure to check out the music city drive-in for all our latest articles reviews and merry christmas happy new year and um happy valentine's day i'm batman Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.